Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. I do want to encourage you to follow our podcast using your favorite podcast software to make sure you never miss an episode. Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. You can support the show on a one-time basis by sending a donation to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. And you can also become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month. And I do want to go ahead and thank... Manius 3.0 for becoming our latest uh, Patreon supporter at the Detective Sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. But now it's time for this week's episode of Tales of the Texas Rangers. The original air date, April the 27th, 1952, and the title is Address Unknown. of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. Dates and places in the following story are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Now that warmer weather prevails throughout the country, more and more families will be getting out of doors, into the yard, on trips to the beach, and drives to the country. Yet, via the medium of radio, you will be able to keep informed on world events as they happen at a rapid-fire pace. You will be able to listen and be entertained by music, drama, mystery, and comedy. For wherever you go, there's radio. And the NBC Radio Network is on the job to keep you informed and entertained. Yes, whenever you tune to this NBC station, you can be sure that you'll hear the finest in radio listening. More than one-third of the radio sets in the nation are in automobiles or are of the portable type. So if you go to the beach for an afternoon of fun in the sun, if you drive into the country to view the lush new growth... Or if your outdoor activity is limited to putting Vigoro on your lawn to bring it back to rich green life, take along your radio. You'll be royally entertained when you tune to the NBC radio network. And now, let's get back to the tales of the Texas Rangers. And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called Address Unknown. It is just before noon on a hot day in August 1940 in the Big Bend country of Texas, 40 miles northeast of the Mexican border. A poorly dressed woman trudges along a dirt road. With one hand, she leads a four-year-old boy. In the other, she carries a cheap cardboard suitcase. How far we got to walk, Mama? Oh, quite a piece yet before we get the bus stop. Now, you come on, Tommy. Give me a hand. I'm hungry. 
Yeah, I bet you out that. I reckon I could use a bite of food myself. What we got to eat, Mama? We'll go over across the road and sit under that tree. Give us a little bit of shade, anyhow. And we'll use that old flat rock for a table. What we got to eat? Oh, something good. What? Sandwiches. We got the nice side meat. I want peanut butter. Tomorrow, Tommy, when we get to Aunt Josie's. Peanut butter would make you too thirsty to dain all this hot sun. I want a drink, Mama. Well, I ain't got none, Tommy. Left the house so fast this morning, I clean forgot about bringing a jar of water. But I'm thirsty. Tommy, we're just gonna have to... Wait a minute, that ranch house over there, they ought to have some water. I'm thirsty. Tommy, honey, you see that house down the road? Uh-huh. Well, you just walk down there and ask them if they got a tin can they can give you some water in. It's so far. Well, I'll be watching you. Now, go along now. All right, Mama. Mind you, don't stop to play now. Just get the water and bring it right back. All right, Mama. Well, now, look what we got here. <laughs> hey, what's a little fella like you doing all the way out here by yourself? My mama wants a can of water. Why, sure, Sonny. Where's she at? Over there. We're back on the road? Uh-huh. We're going to Aunt Josie's. Is that so? Now, what's your name, Sonny? Tommy. Well, Tommy, you come right on out back and see what we can do about getting you some water. We got chickens and a horse. Yeah, now. What kind of horse is he? His name's Robin. Robin and Tommy, huh? Yeah, bet you make quite a pair. Now, here's a cup full of water for you. There. Now, I reckon we can put the water for your ma in this pail here. You and your ma live around here, Tommy, do you? No, we live home. Huh? Uh-huh. There you are now. There. You want some more water? Uh-uh. Well, maybe I'd better ride you back to your ma in my car. It's too hard for a little fella like you to be walking. Come on now, Tommy. Mom and me rode in the car this morning. Is that so? Hey, did you come for her? I don't know. In you go, Tommy. Now slide all the way across. Now we'll just put this pail in the middle here. This your car? Yep. Had it a long time, too. Now, where'd you leave your mama? Over there. We got side meat sandwiches. Yeah, I bet they're good, too. <laughs> your face looks funny. Huh? Oh, <laughs> you mean my whiskers, huh? Well, that's what happens when you don't shave for a couple of days. I don't got no whispers. Well, you'll get whispers soon enough, Tommy. And when you do, you'll wish you didn't have them. <laughs> yeah, is this where you left your mom? Uh-huh. All right. Come on, Tommy. Come on. There. There we are. My mama ain't here. Where's my mama? Oh, she's around there somewhere. Suitcase and lunch are sitting there. Where's my mama? Now, 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 Tommy. She'll probably be right back in a minute. I'll give her a call. Let her know that we're here. Lady! Oh, lady! I want my mama! Lady! Where are you, lady? Mama! Mama! Lady! Lady, I got your little boy here. Mama! I want my mama! Mommy, mommy, she'll be right back now. I want my mama! Mama! After the
the rancher had waited half an hour for the boy's mother to appear, he took Tommy back to his house. Then he phoned Texas Ranger Company headquarters, located some 30 miles to the north. Rangers Jace Pearson and Clay Morgan arrived an hour later. They went with the rancher and the boy to the spot where the missing woman had last been seen. There, Ranger. Suitcase and lunch spread out on that there rock. I just can't figure it. I want my mama. Now, Tommy, don't cry. Everything's going to be all right. I want my mama. What's your other name, Tommy? Tell me what. Tommy, who else? I want my mama. Whoa, now, Tommy, whoa. Let's not run away. Come here, son. We're going to find your mama. Clay, take a look around. See if you can find anything. Sure, Jason. What's that? What? Oh, that's my badge. What's it for? Well, uh... To where? Tommy, where's your daddy? Didn't he come with you? My daddy's in heaven. I see. Where do you live, Tommy? Home. I don't know if it'll help any ranger. But he said they lived in the place where there were chickens and they have a horse named Robin. Uh-huh. Well, did you walk over here from your house, Tommy? Yeah. We got thirsty. He said they rode in a car this morning. Yeah, might have got a lift partway. Where were you going, Tommy? To Aunt Sylvie's. Jace! Now, what is it, Clay? Come on over here a second. Can I go with you? Oh, you stay here, Tommy. I'll be right back. Yeah, Tommy, yeah. You stay here with me. And if you're real good, I'll let you ride one of my horses. What'd you find? Some tracks here lead into the brush. Yeah, let's see where they go. You figure the woman could have run off and left the kid? Maybe. Doesn't seem likely she'd take off into the brush like this. Yeah, you're probably right. She left her suitcase, too, if she... Hey, Jace. Look at that. Yeah, another set of tracks. Coming in at an angle. Much heavier than the ones we've been following. Could have been a man. Looks like he was moving pretty fast, too. Come on. Tracks are starting overlap. Maybe the second set was made by somebody coming along after the woman already passed. No path going through here. Out if anybody'd come this way unless he had some special reason. Yeah, I wonder why... Clay. Huh? Over there to the left. All that torn brush piled up. Looks like it's covering something. Let's go have a look. And pull the brush aside. Yeah. Here she is, Jess. Dead? Yeah, strangled. Beaten up first. Pretty powerful man from the look of those marks on her face and throat. There's a little purse in the pocket of her dress. Anything in it? Twelve dollars and a comb. Reckon we can rule out robbery. Uh-huh. That poor little boy. It's times like this when I wish I'd never seen a badge. Are we going to tell him about this? Well, we can't for a while. The thing we have to do is keep his mind off his mother until we find out more about him. I guess you're right. Well, it looks, Jace, the killer didn't go any further into the brush. No, he probably headed back for the road. Let's see if we can pick up his trail. We found the trail. The tracks came out on the road 50 feet from where the dead woman's suitcase had been left. We checked the suitcase without finding any identification. Then we called for the Justice of the Peace, and I waited while Clay took Tommy Wilkes back to our headquarters. After the J.P. arrived, we took the woman's body into town. It was 4.30 when I walked into the office where you Clay was talking to Tommy. All right, Tommy, you just play with these while I go over and talk to Ranger Pearson for a minute. Hi. How are you doing? I've been trying to keep him occupied. Maybe those handcuffs will keep him busy for a while. Mm, it's a wonder you didn't give me your pistol. Maybe you think he didn't ask for one. <laughs> He's a swell kid, Jason, but I'm worn out. He's got more energy than a two-year-old bobcat. Did you have him photographed? 
Yeah, we had to practically chain him down to keep him still. I see you got him some ice cream. Yeah, he was hungry. He's already eaten over half of it. How come you got so much? I tried to get a pint. All they had left was corks. Find out any more about his family? No. Maybe you better have tried it. Mm-hmm. Well, how's everything, Tommy? Fine. We'll just sit and talk a while, huh? Can I have some ice cream? Yeah, I think you had enough, Tommy. I now... want some ice cream. Well, all right. Clay, put a little more ice cream in that dish. Sure. Tommy, you said you were going to your Aunt Josie's. Uh-huh. Here you are, Tommy. Will you fix it for me? Hmm? What's he mean? He likes it stirred up. Won't eat it unless it's like soup. <laughs> all right. Now, let's see. You like ice cream? Yeah, sometimes. Here you are, Tommy. Is that better? Uh-huh. Tommy, did you ever go to your Aunt Josie's before? Uh-uh. How long were you and your mama walking on the road? I don't know. Did you eat breakfast at home this morning? Uh-huh. That could narrow down our area some, Jason. Yeah. Tommy, when did you... Oh, wait a second, you're spilling ice cream all down your sleeve. Here, I'll wipe it. What's the matter? Where? Here. Just let me pull that sleeve back and take a look. Hey, that's an ugly-looking black and blue mark. How'd you get this mark on your arm, Tommy? George did it. Who's George? Is he your brother? No, he's George. Where does he live? At our house. Why'd you do it, Tommy? He said I was bad. I wasn't bad. Is George a little boy or a man? A man. You tired, Tommy? I want my mama to put me to bed. Uh, we'll put you to bed, Tommy. In a nice big bed. I want my mama. Take him out and put him in that cot in the next room, will you, Clay? Sure. Come on, Tommy. Let's go. You gonna take me to bed now? Sure. I want my mama to put me to bed. <sighs> While Clay was putting Tommy to bed, I checked by phone with the two post offices within a 30-mile radius of the spot where Tommy's mother had been killed. Nobody by the name of Wilkes was listed in the entire area. We sent Tommy's picture to all newspapers in the vicinity. The next morning, Clay and I took Tommy in the car and started combing the countryside in the hope that he would recognize some landmark. By noon, we'd accomplished nothing. You getting a little hungry, Tommy? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see if we can't find some kind of store soon. We'll all have lunch, huh? Can I have peanut butter? Yeah, if you want. Mama gives me peanut butter at home. I don't like side meat sandwiches. Mm-hmm. You like side meat? Oh, there's Pedro. Who? Pedro, he comes to see George. You mean that man on the burrow we just passed? Yeah. I'll back up. You sure you know him? He's Pedro. Hey, senor. Hold up a minute. You call me, senor? Yeah, you mind coming back here? Arre, Conchita, arre. Come out here, Tommy. That's a boy. He sounds funny. Buenos dias, senores. What is it you want? Your name, Pedro? Si, Pedro Sanchez. You ever see this little boy before? No, I never see him before. Pedro? Just a minute, Tommy. He says he knows you. Told us your name was Pedro. Senor, many people have that name. I know you, Pedro. No, little boy, you make a mistake. Maybe the mustache will make him think he know me. You sure you don't know the boy? Maybe he see me somewhere, senor, but I don't remember him. Tommy here says you've been to his house, says you visited somebody there by the name of George. George? No, senor, this little boy, he make a mistake. You know how it is with the small ones. Sometimes they have a large imagination. You live near here, Pedro? Si. Maybe seven, eight miles, 
by the river. On the border? Si. All right. I'm sorry we troubled you. Oh, any time, senores. Any time at all. Oh, by the way, is that general store down the road still open? Maria's store? Oh, see, si, It's open. Thanks. De nada. Adios, senores. Arre, Conchita. Arre. Bye, Pedro. Tommy, you sure that's the man who come to see George? He comes to our house and sits at the table and talks to George. I don't know. What do you make of it, Jason? Could be a mistake or Tommy's imagination. Then again, it's just possible our friend Pedro is lying. In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Have you ever left home, locked the door behind you, and had the uneasy feeling that you left a burning cigarette behind... Next time, you'd better go back and check. Because every 20 seconds throughout the year, a fire breaks out in the United States through carelessness. These fires kill 11,000 persons each year, disfigure for life or severely burn thousands more, and destroy $7 million worth of property. Protect your home from fire by following these simple safety precautions. Don't smoke in bed or throw away lighted cigarettes. Clean out closets, attics, basements, and any place or old newspapers, magazines, and inflammable materials are liable to accumulate. Repair defective electric equipment and replace worn or frayed wiring. Use cleaning fluids that won't burn, and be careful with matches. Keep them out of the reach of children. Fires in the home, your home, can and must be prevented. Remember, don't gamble with fire. The odds are against you. And now back to the tales of the Texas Rangers. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and our authentic story, Address Unknown. After we left Pedro, we drove down to Maria's general store. We took Tommy inside with us. One corner, two men sat playing checkers and arguing in low voices. A large woman sat behind the counter swatting as many flies as she could reach from where she was sitting. Buenos dias, señores. Oh. You ever see such a hot day? Where is this, senor? Heat comes, all the flies. You kill one fly, you get ten in his place. We'd like to get some lunch. See, si, senores. I have some cheese in the icebox. If you got the time, I can make uh, chili tacos. How about peanut butter? Cheese, si, yeah, si, I get it. <sighs> one bottle of peanut butter. Anything else, senor? Yeah, a loaf of bread and a bottle of milk. I see. Oh, it's hot, senores. Here's the bread and peanut butter. I'll get the milk in a minute. Her name is Maria. What'd you say, Tommy? Her name's Maria. <laughs> you remember my name, eh, muchacho? You know this boy, senora? Oh, see, he comes here sometimes with his mother. Tommy, suppose you go with that candy case and pick out something you want. We'll be right over. Hi. You know where this Mrs. Wilkes lives? Wilkes? There's a senora, the senora who bring a little boy here. She's not named Wilkes. Her name Collins. Collins? You sure that's her name? Well, that's what she call herself, senor. So that's what I call her. You know where her place is? Oh, see, you go down the road two miles, and then you turn left. After maybe half a mile, you come to her house. Is she and the little boy the only ones who live there? I don't know, senor. She got a husband. Husband? 
His name George by any chance? Yeah, George Collins. He's the one. He come here sometimes to drink beer. Mm, sounds like Tommy's mother must have remarried. Uh-huh. And look at that bruise on Tommy's arm. I'd say George Collins isn't a very affectionate stepfather. Senora, you know a man named Pedro Sanchez? Si. He was here today, just a little while ago. Have you ever seen him with George Collins? Well, sometimes they are together here drinking beer. Thanks. Let's get Tommy, Clay. We're going to pay George Collins a visit. <laughs> We went to the Collins' house. It was empty. We guessed that nobody had been there that day. We were pretty sure now that George Collins was involved in his wife's murder. But before we could look for him, we had to get Tommy taken care of for the night. On the way back to town, we radioed Austin for a make on Collins. After we made arrangements for Tommy, we went to headquarters and found a mugshot of Collins that had come in on the wire photo together with his record. He'd served a two-year sentence for car theft. Our problem was to find him. Had an idea that Pedro Sanchez, the man we'd met that morning, knew more than he'd told us. After getting directions to his place from the general store, we took horses and started out. It was nearly 11 that night when we rode along the bank of the river and started up a rocky slope. That should be a chase up there near the top. He must still be awake. Leonard's burning in his window. Why do you figure he lied to us this morning? Only thing I can think of. He knows where Collins is and doesn't want us to know. Yeah. Nice view of the river from here. Yeah, a little cooler, too. Oh, oh, Charky. Oh, Dad. Oh, boy. Chase, you reckon Collins is hiding out up here with Sanchez? Maybe. It's not going to take us long to find out. Bingo! Bingo! Don't make so much noise. You want to have the hope? Oh. Can we come in, Pedro? Si, uh, si. Come in, senores. Can we wake you up? Si. Se was sleeping. Are your lantern lit? Uh, uh, I, I must have forgot to pull it out. Maybe if I move it from the window, I put it on the table, we can see better. Are you expecting somebody? Me? Oh, no, senor. Why give you that idea? Yeah, I kind of thought that lantern in the window might be some sort of signal. Signal? No, senor, you make a mistake. Come over here by the light, Pedro. Look, you recognize the man in this picture? No, senor. You should. We understand he's a good friend of yours. His name is George Collins. George Collins? I don't know such a man I've never seen before in my life. Why you look so at me, senor? I tell the truth. You always tell the truth, Pedro? See, always. This morning you said you didn't know the little boy we had with us. He's George Collins' stepson. That's the truth, senor. He make a mistake. I don't know him, and I never see this George Collins. Maria up at the general store says you have. Do you believe this fat woman? She, she lies. If anybody's lying, it's you, Pedro. Senor, I you never... You sure that lantern in the window wasn't a signal for Collins? No, no, no senor. Then put it back in the window, Pedro. Pero... All right, senor. Better go out and move the horses, Clay. Collins is going to show up. We don't want him to know he's got a reception committee. I'm sleepy, senor. How much longer I gotta sit and wait? Joe Collins gets here. Senor, I think this Collins is not coming. You're wasting your time. Maybe so, but... Hold it, Clay. Somebody's coming. Yeah. When he comes, I'll get the door. Don't you make a sound, Pedro. You hear? Senor, I hear. I kill you! Watch him, Jake! Put down that chair, Pedro! Police! This will hold you. Come on, Clay. There he goes, down the slope. Hold it, Collins! 
He's heading for the river. I'll get him up. Watch it. Last one got him, Jace. Careful. Maybe trying some kind of trick. Yeah. He got his shoulder still breathing, though. Must have just knocked him out. Turn him over. Yeah. Jace. Yeah. It's not Collins. Well, then who is? Wait a minute. He must have been carrying this package. Heroin. Pretty good-sized batch of it. So that's Pedro's racket. Narcotics. Where's Collins fit into this deal? Why'd Pedro lie about him? I don't know. But I think Pedro's going to give us the answer. We took Pedro and the man we'd shot back to town. After we put the wounded man in the hospital, we drove Pedro to headquarters and began asking him questions. His calmness had us puzzled. I want to know why you lied to us about Collins, Pedro. I have nothing to say. Is Collins mixed up in this narcotics racket with you? Why oh, you ask me questions, senor? Send me to jail. I stayed there five years. How do you know it's only five years? I got a friend. First time he get caught, he go to jail. Five years. Where's Collins, Pedro? I don't know. Now, look. Wait a minute, Clay. I've got an idea why Pedro isn't talking. Maybe he thinks as soon as he gets out of jail, he'll be able to go right back into the narcotics business. And he figures Collins will be waiting for him. Is that right, Pedro? I got nothing to say. If that's what you think... You're wrong. Because when we catch Collins, he's going to be held for murder. Murder? What do you mean? We're pretty sure Collins killed his wife. Sooner or later, we'll find him, Pedro. And when we do, you'll go on trial with him. Me? I got nothing to do with the killing. You got plenty to do with it. If you know where Collins is and won't tell us. Oh, senor, you got to believe me. I didn't know he's mixed up in this. You want to tell us what you do know he's mixed up in? See, Senor Collins, he's the man I've been working for. When the stuff come from Mexico, always before I take it to his house. Where were you supposed to take it this time? Two days ago, Senor Collins come and he say he must go away. He say I have to bring the stuff to him in San Antonio, to a hotel there. Which one? The Park Hotel. Senor, I had nothing to do with this killing. You gotta believe me. Come on, Clay. Let's lock our friend up and get moving. It's a long drive to San Antonio. <laughs> We reached San Antonio at 10 that morning. The Park Hotel was a run-down establishment that advertised rooms from a dollar up. The desk clerk told us Collins had left word that if anyone came for him, he could be found in a barber shop down the street. We left the hotel and started looking for it. That must be it down there, Jase. It's the only barber shop in this block. Yeah. How do you want to work it? We go in and get him? Probably better wait till play. A man coming out of the barber shop. That's yeah, Collins, all right. Jase, he sees us. He's running. Come on. He's ducking into that restaurant. Get around the rear entrance, Clay. I'll go in the front. All right. Be careful, Jace. Yeah. You come no closer, Ranger. Drop that gun, Collins. He's going to make me. A lot of people in here, Ranger. You wouldn't want him to get hurt, would you? Now, look, Collins. Don't come no closer. If you do, and I'll start shooting, and I don't care who I hit. You've got a narcotics and a murder rap already. You want to make it worse? How can I make it worse? I got nothing to lose. Now I'm going through this kitchen door. Don't try to come after me unless you want someone out there to get hurt. Grab him, Clay! Grab him, Clay! Grab him! I got him, Jake! Hold still, Collins! You lousy... Shut up! Come on, Collins. You were going on out the back. Let's keep right on going. It's all her fault. She shouldn't have poked her nose in my business. Pick up your feet. Come on. Try that little brat son of hers was going to learn something bad from me. Said she was going to the cop. That why you killed her, Collins? I had to call her force. She ran away. I had to beat some sense in her head. Crazy woman. Come on, keep moving. Quit pushing. 
biggest mistake I ever made was marrying her. I never should have married her. That's one thing we agree on, Collins. If you hadn't, a little kid would still have his mother. In just a moment, we will tell you the results of the case you have just heard. Today, two new shows join the NBC Entertainment lineup. Next on this station, you'll hear The Chase. And then stay tuned for your old favorite, The First Nighter, with Barbara Luddy and Olin Soleil, the original stars of the series. Later today, it's Theater Guild on the air. Listen to this preview of today's show. We haven't far to go. If we can just reach the longboat, we'll have a chance. Wait, there's someone in the shadows. Good morning, Mr. Van Biden, and my dear young lady. I'm sorry to be such a spoil sport, but you see it's quite impossible to escape from my ship. And if you move one step closer to the longboat, I shall be forced to shoot you both. This is Margaret Phillips. You have just heard a scene from The Sea Wolf, a dramatic production in which I have the pleasure to co-star with Boris Karloff and Burgess Meredith. This evening on Theatre Guild on the Air on NBC. Hear The Sea Wolf today on Theatre Guild on the Air. And now... Back to the conclusion of today's Tales of the Texas Rangers. And now, here are the results of the case you have just heard. Tommy Wilkes was taken to the home of his aunt, who identified him through a newspaper picture. George Collins revealed the two other men who completed the narcotics ring. They were picked up by Texas Rangers, and all four men involved were given prescribed jail terms. George Collins was found guilty of murder with malice and was sentenced to life imprisonment at Huntsville. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Joel McRae will soon be seen in San Francisco Story, a Warner Brothers release. The cast included Tony Barrett, Lillian Bias, Dick Beals, Leo Curley, Herb Ellis, and Don Diamond. Technical advisor was Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Charles E. Israel, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. Hal Gibney speaking. Next, it's The Chase on NBC. Welcome back. Well, a solid episode, though a bit of a tough one. You definitely felt for the little boy, and so did the Rangers. And Jace did allow himself, like, a little bit of... A moment just to express his frustration with the whole, sometimes I wish I had never even seen a badge. But it was just a moment because he can't really give vent to that. He's got to keep the emotions in check. And it was particularly important not just for his own professionalism and perspective, but also for the boy. 
and these type of cases are rough for everyone involved. Listener comments and feedback, and we have a couple of YouTube comments regarding the episode Prelude to a Felony. And uh, one uh, listener points out, actually, this is cattle rustling. And other than the State Department of Livestock Agriculture, a Texas Ranger would investigate this. But in my opinion, I believe this is just an allegory on racism. Well, I appreciate the information, and that does make sense as to why the Texas Rangers were out investigating the theft of, I think it was four or six cattle. But nevertheless, uh, it still would be rustling. As to the episode as an allegory for racism, I'm a little bit skeptical because I think I've had three or four somewhat lengthy racial discussions on Tales of the Texas Rangers, and we're not even through the whole series yet. So I don't necessarily think they're getting allegorical. And uh, one thing that should be noted is that these tales are supposedly from the files of the Texas Rangers. So this was an incident that actually happened. Now, it is possible that they changed the details uh, as to who the victim was. But regardless, I don't think the story was about race. It was about bullying. But bullying doesn't require a racial basis or any of the other hot-button basis, whether it's religion or anything else. So I don't see it as an allegory just because Tales of the Texas Rangers didn't really do allegories, and I really think it's about bullying. And then had another listener who said, Reno got off really easy. She should have spent six months in juvie. The others, lots of community service. Reno's horse should have gone to the other girl. Uh, though the listener adds that, unlike today, that everyone had some posterior soreness, so to speak. I paraphrase for uh, seven to ten days. And that last part was probably correct. Which is, which is the reason why the first part didn't need to happen. The thing about introducing teens to the juvenile justice system is that, one, it is going to be very expensive for taxpayers. And two, it can risk turning them into more dangerous offenders by exposing them and integrating them into the criminal element. Which is why when dealing with kids without violent offenses and with families that are willing to take action, law enforcement will look at a situation like this where you're dealing with a nonviolent offense, first-time offense for everyone involved, parents are all willing to take action, and they'll just give them a warning and leave the whole thing in the hands of the parents. Because not only is that going to likely lead to a better outcome for the kids, but if uh, the kids will just respond to the parents, it's better for society and it saves the taxpayers money. Now, of course, at some point, it may become apparent that either one, the parents, uh, despite their protestations, aren't really taking their kids' behavior seriously and addressing it appropriately, or two, the kids are either not taking their parents seriously or just too much for their parents to handle despite their best efforts. And then you have escalated involvement from 
law enforcement, courts, correctional institutions, and the cost goes up for everyone involved. Now we uh, have an email from Tim who writes, Adam, have you considered the adventures of Harry Lyme with Orson Welles? Thanks for the question, Tim. And this, of course, is in regard to the planned, as of yet unnamed, adventure podcast series will be launching in the next year or so. And the answer to that is not really. While I appreciate that folks have different tastes, I am just not into anti-hero series. Now, uh, when we play some of the anthology programs, we'll probably end up with an anti-hero or two as the protagonist of some story or another. But to have an anti-hero as like a regular, ongoing lead character, it just isn't something I would like to do. Ava and Larry Kent was a bit of a stretch in that regard. Now, of course, we are planning on doing Voyage of the Scarlet Queen and Bold Venture. I was also thinking we could do some of the Espionage series, Secret Agent K-7 Returns, Counter Spy, and NBC's anthology series Cloak and Dagger. Now, those are series that don't quite fit with uh, great detectives, but seem adjacent to it, so might be some good jumping on points. And finally, we do have a review in the Apple Podcast Store, where Judge Dredd, who is indeed the law, writes, Adam hosts a great uh, podcast focused exclusively on detectives and mystery old-time radio. Thank you and well done, sir. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you leaving the review in the Apple Podcast Store. And now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. I want to go ahead and thank Jay Marcus, Patreon supporter since November of 2020, currently supporting the show at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support. And that will do it for today. A reminder, if you want to be sure to never miss an episode of the podcast, I encourage you to follow us using your favorite podcast software. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please rate and review it wherever you download us from. We'll be back next Saturday with another episode of Tales of the Texas Rangers. But coming up tomorrow, we have an episode of Public Domain Video Theater featuring U.S. Marshall. And you can check that out over at videotheater.greatdetectives.net and subscribe there. But on the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, you can also listen in because our listener support slash appreciation campaign kicks off next week and we'll bring you our first special where you'll hear... You want me to go pretty badly, so I'm going. Swell. Keep the expenses down, will you, Mac? I guess the warden told you, Frank. I'm from the Chicago Times. Yes, sir. He told me. Of course, you don't have to answer any questions if you don't want to. But I do want to. Sure I want to. Fine. You see, I'd like more of your story. Your side of it. I need an angle. Something to hit the public with, understand? Uh, yes, sir. Now, you knew about the ad your mother put in the papers. About the $5,000 reward? That's right. Did you know she was scrubbing floors to get that money? Yes, I did. Well, she lives for us to get me out. I guess that's all I got to live for, too. You know, if you're guilty, you're letting her slave her life away for nothing. She knows I'm not guilty. Well, I, I read all the news clips and the transcript of the trial. They don't exactly whitewash you. 
I know, I know, but you only read what convicted me. Well, the true facts didn't come out. Even Judge Moulton said I wasn't guilty. A judge who gave you 99 years? Yeah, he had to do that. Jury said we were guilty. But in his chambers, he said he knew we were innocent. When was that? Uh, after he sentenced us. Oh, after. Well, maybe we better duck that. What else? Oh, my lawyer was a drunk. Didn't even let me understand because he was afraid I'd go to the chair. Go on. Well, when they question you hour after hour, you're, you're bound to get mixed up on a lot of little things. Cops didn't even listen to me on the important things. They had to have a conviction, so they went ahead and got it. Yeah, that's a good angle. Railroaded. Uh, it took me one police station to another every few hours. Taking you around the horn, they caught it. That was so my lawyer couldn't get me out. And then this this friend of Scutnik. Scutnik, that's uh, the dame who ran the speakeasy? Yeah, that's right. The cop was in there having a drink when these two men walked in and shot him and then ran out again. And Fendus Skutnik said you were one of the two? The first couple of times she saw me, she said I wasn't. And all of a sudden she said I was. Finger woman. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to Box 13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash greatdetectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.